This presentation is from UX Australia 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. <clears throat> Hello everyone, I am Christy, and um, I'm going to be talking about the death of digital wireframes. So I'm on the Twitters if you want to reach out and talk to me afterwards. Before we get started, just going to be really transparent. I didn't do the beautiful illustrations in this PowerPoint. Um, uh, Scott from Canada, he made them, and I asked him if I could use them, and he said yes, so they're everywhere. <laughs> so who am I? I have 18 years' experience in IT. I started off in front-end development, moved into UX, and have recently been certified in Scrum Mastery, whatever that means. Just means I know Agile. So this is a really good thing because it gives me sort of the, the view on all the different things that make an Agile project. So that's why I'm speaking with some authority. Disclaimer, wireframes are important. I'm not saying get rid of those. I am talking about these, not these guys, where you collaboratively sketch. I'm talking about these guys, where you use balsamic or Agua or whatever sort of digital wireframing tool that you use. This is what I'm talking about. Now, I think that digital wireframes are really good for, wire for waterfall projects. And I think that waterfall projects, it's not a dirty word. Like, if you want to use a waterfall project, go for it. And you should do digital wireframes if you're doing a waterfall project because the risk is a lot higher. You have to do a lot of testing because you probably won't be able to change stuff once you're in build. So definitely do digital wireframes and test them if you're doing a waterfall project. Also, for those that can't see, the, the basic stages for a waterfall project are research, collaborate, collaboratively sketch, digital wireframe, design, and then build and test. So in an agile project, if you tried to do the same steps, the sprints would be a lot longer and you wouldn't be able to do as many features. Also, the risk is a lot smaller because you're just picking small features. There's not enough, no, no reason to really do as much planning up front. So if you remove digital wireframes, you can have extra features and the sprints can be a lot smaller. So if you are doing a, uh, a sprint, it's going to gobble up a lot of time if you have to keep on going back to the digital wireframe stage and then go back to high fidelity and test again if something's not right. So just to keep the velocity on that, removing digital wireframes makes it a lot faster. So some things to consider. So yeah, it adds extra time to your sprint. It also encourages ideation isolation. So you don't really see a lot of collaboration when you're doing a digital wireframe. You usually sit by yourself at a monitor coming up with ideas. So if you haven't done collaborative sketches, those ideas are coming from you and you're not the expert. And if you have done collaborative sketches, well, what's the point? You've already sketched it out. Why are you doing a digital wireframe when you already have it in paper form? Um, it's also another document to update. So if you go from sketches, digital wireframe, high fidelity, and something changes on that high fidelity, you should go back to the digital wireframe and update it. So that's a time-consuming process, so get rid of it. Um, it can also lead to cookie-cutter designs. So you're designing with Exua. 
you're clicking and dragging and you're, you're doing it really fast. You're not really giving any creative thought to that. It's more about process and service. And that's great, but we could probably do a little bit better than that. Get the gist on paper and then in high fidelity do something a little bit more creative. Um, another thing is if you're just adding colour to a Azure template, that can be pretty boring and pretty soon all the web's just going to look the same. Consistency is good, but you want to have a bit of flair. Um, they often change as well once you add colour to them. Has anyone ever done a digital wireframe, got it approved by a client, add colour to it, and then the client starts moving things around saying they don't really like that? Anyone? So it kind of seems pointless. Like They don't really see it until you add colour anyway. And if you're doing smaller pieces of functionality, the, the risk is smaller, so you can probably just jump straight to high fidelity. Um, they also need to be retested once colour is added. So I wouldn't do a wireframe prototype uh, and then just go to high fidelity, add colour, and then build it. You still have to do that testing. So that's even more time you're adding to the project. And because you can do them really fast, like clicking and dragging all those form elements, it encourages you to design too far ahead of the development team when you shouldn't really be getting more than two sprints ahead. And also, it makes you front load your projects. So you're spending, I don't know, if you have an infinite budget, go for it. But if you have a small budget, you need to have some time at the end to support the development team if something changes. So changes can happen, like if you, Designing is like estimating, and you don't really know how long something's going to take until you start doing it. Now, if you've spent all your time in design at the start, and the developers come to you and say, it's going to take me like two weeks to build this, but if we do it this way, it'll take me 30 minutes, you need to be able to react to that and change things. And if you don't have budget, then you're doing it for free. So you have to prepare for that. So this is kind of my sort of steps of what you should do instead. So <clears throat> there was a magic arrow going. It didn't work. It's there. Anyway, imagine there's an arrow going backwards and forwards. So yes, we have the research. And I like to do mood boarding. So mood boarding reduces the risk from you going straight from sketch to high fidelity. And I'll tell you how to do that in a second. Uh, and then I collaboratively draw with a whole bunch of people. And then I start going into high fidelity, test, build, the normal steps that you would probably go through. So how do you mood board? So mood boarding for me, if you're doing a parking app, I'm not thinking, let's go and get a whole bunch of parking apps and show the client what parking apps look like. Mood boarding for me is a whole different bunch of colors, looks, feels, treatments, showing those to a group of stakeholders and say, what do you think about this? What's the pros and cons? And they'll start to say, I hate curved buttons. I hate dark backgrounds. Those sorts of things then start building the design for you. So now you have a bit of a guide of what you need to do when you're going from, scratch, from sketch straight from high fidelity. Even if you were doing a waterfall project with um, digital wireframes, this is a really good way to know what the client wants. You will reduce the amount of revisions that you have to make once the client sees it, because there's no real surprises. They have already said, this is what I like. Um, and it's nothing about layout. It's not about how it flows. It's all about the look and the feel. So how to draw, how to sketch. So it's really good that I'm doing this um, talk right now because the keynote speak was all about sketching and how great sketching is. So 
there's hundreds of ways to sketch. Well, probably, I don't know, six. But um, so what I do, depending, you read the room. Like if they're not going to be, if it's a small group, you don't think they're going to be happy to be drawing. You can start having conversations and start drawing those initial sketches down. Um, so that's just a really easy way. The second way is on a whiteboard. They all get together with a pen. Um, and the third way that I do is the crazy eight. So this is a little bit more of a big session. You get a piece of paper, you fold it into eights, and then um, you, you, you sketch, you critique each other's work, and then you, sketch, you revise and sketch again, and then vote on a great solution. So also, um, just design the MVP. So don't design the whole site up front. The risk is too high on that. Just take that MVP, which might be login, and design that. Then the user isn't going to get distracted by, or the, t the client, the tester, isn't going to be distracted by all the other stuff. And you can make sure that that one feature is designed properly. So that reduces risk as well. So test, revise, repeat. Vision and Adobe XD are great ways of testing your high fidelity designs um, with your users. And then build. Make sure that you can have enough time to help the development team pivot um, and adjust if needed. So the takeaways. Collaboratively sketch, mood board, design the MVP only, and don't front load your projects. Thank you. Any questions? I don't have time for questions, but because I like to talk, I'm out there if you want to, and I'm on the Twitters. Thank you for listening to this presentation from UX Australia 2018. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.